Let's uh, let's transition into the message. As I was thinking about 2022, I was reminded. I don't know if you guys remember this, but last January I had a challenge for the church to read the Bible in a year. And we talked about that in January and February and March. And then we didn't really talk about it. Caitlin actually pointed this one out to me. She goes, Jeff, you haven't even mentioned that from the pulpit. And the reason why I haven't mentioned it because I fell off the wagon. Okay, so um, I really wanted to accomplish that last year, but I will be continuing on. And I know many of you started that last year and some of you finished. But the goal of it is to get us... Christ followers to be in his word. And I really do hope that uh, many of you have just been, been spending time last year, but also continuing on this year of reading God's word as a daily discipline. I think that it is important for us to be seeking him, to be reading his word, to be spending time in there. But as I think about 2022, I'm not really sure to think about for this coming year as far as goals. I have noticed that online, nobody is claiming 2022 as their year. Have you guys noticed that? Like, it's like nobody's posting, nobody's talking about like 2022 is going to be the best year yet. Like, it's like that's just not happening online or within people's lives. I haven't even heard anybody talk about 2022 like they were excited for this year. And, you know, like growing up, like I remember... I remember watching the ball drop and like when the new year came, it was exciting and everyone's making these goals, but I feel like everyone's going into 2022 with like, what's going to happen, right? Like it's been, we've been in this pandemic for two years. We have had two years of just absolute craziness. We don't know what's going to happen next. And that's how I kind of think a lot of people are going into 2022 is like, We just don't really know what to expect, what to do, what to plan for, because it has been difficult to be making plans and charting a course. But as I do think about it, people usually do make goals. Have you guys made any goals for 2022? Anything? Anyone? No goals? Nobody's making any goals? I'm seeing people looking at each other. Is there any goals out there? Should we do like a weight loss goal? Should we, because that's like the most popular one. Should we just have people lift up hands? I decided not to do a weight loss goal in 2022 because I'm kind of tired of just getting disappointed. You know, like it's just like one of those things where it's like you you try. But I, I don't want to brag. The good news is, is that I'm the same weight as what I was when I graduated high school. And I just, I just feel like a lot of people can't even say that, right? Like, so, so I don't want to brag about how, in shape I am, you know, but, but I do think 2022 can be a good year, people. I do think not based on our circumstances, not based on our culture, not based on what's happening in the world, not based on what's going to be happening next. I believe that Christ has a plan for us this year. He has given us another year. Those of us who are here, we are still breathing. You are still alive. That means that God is not done. He's not finished with your life and with his plans for your life. And I, I do think that we should be expecting and exciting that we have another year. God, you have given us another year to bring your gospel, to share your, your love and your word with this world. It's another opportunity. And I get it. It's crazy. We have no idea how this year is going to end, what's going to happen but we can be expecting God to be doing something. And I do want to just encourage you 
with that. You can expect God to be doing something in your life this year. It's another opportunity for Him to be moving in your life and in lives around us. And I think that we, as His followers, we should be expecting that, we should be hoping that, and we should be keeping our eyes fixated on Him as we look to this year. Well, also this year, this year also means a new series. Um, I wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be doing First Thessalonians again. Um, we're going to start that off in January here. Uh, if you are not regular attender here, we were in th- in First Thessalonians for about four months last year, so that's kind of the running joke. But we are going to be starting a new series today, so you guys should be excited about that. In this series, in this topic, we're actually going to be doing a topic, and I'm not I'm, I'm a pastor that's not really a fan of doing topics. I'm more, I'm more of, of what you would call like an exegetical preacher, which means like I prefer for us just to go through a book, to go through passage by passage. But I wanted to do a topic this year. And this topic is one of the Ten Commandments. And this topic is one of the first examples we have within Scripture. And I kind of want to talk about the Sabbath this year. I want to talk about this topic, and it kind of comes from a couple of places here. Um, It comes from one, we've got a lot of college students here, and I think it's really important for college students to to develop this this discipline in their life, especially one while they are in college. When I was in college, the Sabbath became very important to me. I was very much convicted on it, and I really lived out my last two years of college living in the Sabbath. I remember on Sundays, my last two years, I never did any schoolwork on Sundays. And, and I started a, a Sabbath rhythm or routine in my life. But it also comes from a, about a month ago, I was, I was down at Baby Cakes drinking coffee and uh, a lady who attends here asked me a question. She said, Pastor, I've, I've noticed nobody preaches on the Sabbath. And she said, I want to learn more about the Sabbath. And as we were talking about it, I realized, and God's Spirit started to convict me that the Sabbath had not been a part of my regular life in quite some time. And I say that as a confession and I'm not saying that because it's, you know, I, I'm, I need to be having a Sabbath. We absolutely do. But I've noticed that over the last two and a half years, my life has become almost a little bit unruling in, in the terms of work. And I love work. I cannot express to you how much I love work. I love what I do. I love my job. I love this church. I could work all the time nonstop. I love it. It's not even something that is a burden to me. You know, what's that one saying? If you find, you know, if you get to do something that you love, it never becomes work. But I've noticed that I, I love it so much, but then as I'm having this conversation, the conviction of the Spirit comes upon me, where I realize, Jeff, you, you need to be coming obedient to my word in this area. So I share that with you, not to I don't want anybody to ever be thinking, oh, you know, pastor needs some sort of break here. We absolutely do. But actually, somebody brought up, we, were, we had some friends over this past week, and one friend just kind of jokingly asked me, she goes, you couldn't work any sort of hourly job, could you? 
And I'm like, no, I, it's, it's, just, it's literally just not who, who my personality is, how God has just created me. But I say this because I've noticed that Americans and Westerners, we don't really talk about this topic of Sabbath. We don't really explore what does the Sabbath mean, what does this look like in our lives. We kind of just, every day is just another day. And within our culture, Monday through Sunday, are just days. There are no special days anymore. And I think that God's Word is pretty clear on what the Sabbath is and how we should be living it out in our lives. So I want us, over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring what is the Sabbath. And we're going to be starting today just kind of introducing this topic. But today we are going to be looking at the first two places within Scripture where we see this idea of the Sabbath this day of rest getting established here. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to to Genesis chapter 1 and then Exodus chapter 16. And I'm going to ask for you guys to be standing this morning as we look at these two Old Testament scriptures. So Genesis 1, 31 through 2, 3. And then we're going to be looking at Exodus 16, 21 through 30. And these are the first two spots within God's word where this idea of Sabbath starts from. So this is Genesis 1:31. It says, And God saw that everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. 2:1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day day from all his work that he had done so god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it god rested from all his work that he had done in creation exodus 16:21 morning by morning they gathered each as much as he could eat but when the sun grew hot it melted on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread two omers each And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid aside till morning, and Moses commanded them, and and it did not stink, and there was no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is the Sabbath To the Lord today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day some of the people went out and gathered, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place, let No one go to his own place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Let me pray. Father, as we come to you today, Lord, as we look to your word, as we look to your example, Lord, may you come and may you stir our hearts and minds. Lord, may you open this idea of the Sabbath in our lives, Lord. Father, I thank you for how you care for us. Lord, I thank you for for how you've given us this time together. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated here. 
The Sabbath starts at creation. Scripture says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God created everything in six days. Now, that's kind of, you know, people like to debate that one, you know, was it six literal days or was it six million years? And people want to have that conversation. If you want to have that conversation, I would like to prove to you why it was six literal days after service. So we can talk about that one afterwards. But it says that God created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Now the question that comes to, to my mind was, did God need rest? Right? Have you ever like thought about that? Like, hey, he, he created everything we see, the heavens, the stars, the sea, the land, the animals, us. He created everything in six days, and then it says, on the seventh day, he rested. It was almost like, did God need rest after creating the sun and the stars and the moons and the water and the oxygen and every element that we have and every intricate detail of this world he created within six days? And the obvious answer is no. God did not need rest after six days. It, didn't, it did not say he was tired and needed Rest. It just says, and he rested after six days of creating all things. Isaiah 40, 28 says this. It says, have you, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God did not need rest, but in verse 3, he established this idea of rest. In verse 3, in Genesis 2, it says, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. What we see here is that God sets the stage for mankind. God does not command it here. He does not mention There will be a Sabbath, there will be a rested day, but God sets the stage. He himself labored for six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. And it says that it was a holy day. It it was the blessed seventh day and made it holy. That word holy simply means he set it apart. That within a seven-day week, there's going to be one day that's going to be different than the other days. And that's where I started to really think about it within our own culture and our own life. And like what I already said, we live in a time where every day is just another day. For the most part, our culture, our world, even church people, it's just, it's just days are days. And we just continue on. And Sundays are no different than Mondays. And Tuesdays are no, you know, and it's just... We live in this idea, but what we see here is that God sets this stage for that there would be a special day, that there would be a day set apart every single week. But this is where things become very interesting to me. So this was Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Then, as you read God's word, we don't see this mentioned until Exodus 16. 
And that, that, that made me a little bit confused here because we see this at creation. We see that God sets this rhythm in place for mankind and then there's nothing. You read about Noah and you read about you know, Abraham and his sons and Joseph and going down to Israel or going down to Egypt and they get enslaved and there is no mention of this. Until Exodus 16. And in Exodus 16, they pick up this idea. And I kind of want to, as we were reading that, you were probably reading it this morning as you were standing reading it, thinking, what is Pastor even talking about here? Because we kind of jumped in in the middle of a story. And what was happening is that Moses had gone down into Egypt, okay? God's people, they were enslaved for 400 years. They were in bondage and in slavery. And God sends Moses and says, Moses, I want you to go down there and you're going to get my people out of there and I'm going to establish you as a nation. I made this promise to Abraham. My word does not come back void. This is going to be taking place. But Moses, I want you to go down there. So Moses goes down there and all the plagues come, but God's people come out of Egypt. This is where it becomes kind of interesting here. God's people come out of Egypt, and this is the first commandment God gives them. This is before Exodus 20. This is before the Ten Commandments. They come out of Egypt, and they're hungry, and they start complaining, and they're, start, and they're whining. They're like, well, you just want some food, and sometimes it was so much better down in Egypt, and they're sitting there complaining, and then God, who loves them and cares for them, says, okay, I'm going to give you food, but this is what I want you to do. I'm going to set the stage for how I want you to live. You're going to gather food for six days. And on the seventh day, you're not gathering food. You're going to labor for six, and you're going to rest on the seventh. And it ties right back to this idea of just creation, that, 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 that this is literally who God is, and this is what God did, and this is now what God expects. And like what I said, it's the first commandment he gives to his people as he's feeding them in the wilderness. And look at verse 23. And he said to them, this is Exodus 16, 23, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, and Moses commanded them again. And it did not stink, and there was no worms in it. And Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. And we see that God here takes his people, and he wants them to understand what the Sabbath is. Like what I said, it's not mentioned. You read the rest of just Genesis, Exodus, it's not mentioned until right here when God establishes it with his people. And God says, listen, this day is going to be a day of solemn rest, a holy day unto the Lord. And I just kind of want to talk about this idea of just solemn rest here that God mentions here. And I want to turn real quick to Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. And just to give a quick, a quick 
a quick backdrop to Isaiah 58. Um, the prophet's speaking to God's people, and God's people had stopped doing the Sabbath. They forgot about it. They literally just, it was no longer a part of their lives. And then God speaks in Isaiah 58, and this is what he says. If you turn your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, but seeking your own pleasures or taking or, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And if you ride on the heights of the earth, I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God's people had basically forgotten about the Sabbath. They had made it a day where they decided it's a day where I just get to do whatever I want. And in, in, in this Isaiah, he calls them back and he says, listen, the Sabbath is just not a day for you to just do what you want to do. It's a day to delight in the Lord. It's a day for His people to recognize who He is. The Sabbath, like I said, is a struggle in our country. It's a struggle in my own life. It's a struggle within so many people's lives. But it is a day where God says, I want you to come to me. It's a day that's holy. It's a day that is set apart. It's a day unlike the other days. It's a day of rest. It's a day of finding that rest in Him. And it's a day where what we see within, within Scripture here, it's not a day of, of just rules, though. And this is where I think the Sabbath becomes really, really difficult. Because... We as human beings, we enjoy black and white things. We enjoy clear-cut lines, right? Like, okay, I can do this, I can't do that. And it's, when it comes to the Sabbath, what God's people did in the Old Testament and in the time of, of Jesus is that they said, okay, we have this Sabbath, and we're going to make clear lines. You can't take more than 500 steps. You can't do this. You can't do that. And the Sabbath became just a big list of rules. And when Jesus comes, you know, Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. And to the religious folks at the time, Jesus was breaking the Sabbath. They were like, Jesus, you, you can't do these things. And Jesus is trying to remind them that, like, listen, like, you guys have it all wrong. And I think as we think about the Sabbath, that's where I kind of want us to start. The Sabbath is not a bunch of rules of you can't do this or you can't do that. It's this day that is given to us, given to his creation, given to his people for you and I to come and to find rest. And most importantly, to find rest in him. It's a day that's holy. It's separate. It's, it's not how the world lives. It's, it's him calling his people to come and find rest in Him. And it's really difficult, and you, you're going to, and I'm going to be talking about this for the next few weeks here, it's really difficult to be setting up guidelines. Right? Like say like, 
I want us to be starting this idea of talking about the Sabbath, but some people want clear-cut guidelines. Like, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. And I'm just going to tell you this. It's not how the Sabbath works. At the end of these few weeks, I believe that the Sabbath is going to be looking a little bit different for each one of us here within our lives. Because each one of us are... We work different jobs, we, we do different things, but, but what we can glean from Scripture here is that God has called His people, and that's, this is the biggest argument I want us to be making today, is that God has called us, you and me, for us to start to establish a Sabbath in our lives. Because I feel like so many people d- just simply don't do it. It's just like, when you look at the ten commandments we know like you don't murder you don't commit adultery sabbath who cares and it's just like we haven't really ever taken this actually seriously and and i think that it's really important for his people to start to really view it as an important aspect of following christ and i know this to be true because in my own life when the sabbath has been a part of my weekly you could say routine or just weekly rhythm it was some of the most fruitful and most productive times in my life. I think the other struggle with Americans is, is that we just think we're just so busy, busy, busy. Many of us are, and it's like things just kind of carry over, and I just got to just get this done. But I'm telling you, when you prioritize a Sabbath, when you prioritize a day of rest, a day of seeking God in and we're going to be talking later on, like, what day is that? Because you may be asking, like, yourselves that question right now. Like, Pastor, like, what day? And I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't matter what day. You can pick Sundays, you can pick Saturdays, you can pick Mondays, you can pick Thursdays. It, it's not about the day, but it's about this idea of saying, God, I'm going to labor for six, and then I'm going to trust you on the seventh day. I'm going to, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be disciplined in six days. And God, I'm going to trust you on that seventh day. I'm going to trust you to provide. I'm going to trust for the work that, that I did on six was enough for the week. And I'm, I'm just telling you, church, there is such a blessing. I kid you not, there is such a blessing when we learn the Sabbath rhythm. I've tasted it years ago. And I want us, myself, to get back into this, into this rhythm of taking time taking a day that God has given you every single week for you to find rest, find rest in Him, to find rest from your labors, from your work. I remember back in college when I finally said, I got to do this. I remember Sundays, Sundays at the time were my days. And I cannot tell you the level of joy and peace and contentment that comes when the world around you doesn't do it and then you start to practice it i was talking with uh anthony sorry anthony for uh, pointing you out here raise up a hand here anthony let's make it even more embarrassing here we were we were talking about college life and college schedules and college students you guys need to establish a sabbath day because when you're in college all you're doing is studying and the days flow over and, you know, you got class on Friday and, you know, sometimes you, you may take off Saturday, but then you're cramming Sunday because you're trying to get ready for Monday. If you can learn this now, 
If you can treat college like a job, you put in 40, 50 hours of work, and you take that restful day off, you become ready for the week ahead. And there is such a blessing in it. There is such a blessing going into Mondays. You know, like, you know how like people say, oh, it's the Mondays. You know, everyone's like, oh, Monday's here. I'm talking about working people. It's like, oh, Monday. And people are always complaining about Monday. Well, if, if you rested on Sunday, and if you were rested, if you were rested in the Lord and rested physically, you'd be ready for a Monday. Like, you'd be energized. You would be ready. But within our culture, we just don't do that. We just, we just, we just keep on living every single day. But... I do want to point out something here that we learn from Exodus 16 real quick. When Moses is speaking and when God commands this, the people had to plan. Like, the Sabbath doesn't just happen, okay? Like, if you walk out of here and you're like, all right, I'm supposed to take a Sabbath and that, that like, sounds good. They had to plan it. God literally commands them, listen, you need to prepare for the sabbath it doesn't just happen it's not just going to automatically happen in my life and in your life they have to plan it and for them they had to literally gather food the day before so that they would have food on it and i think that is one of our first steps church family we have to plan it Emmett, come here (laughs) see he's getting excited about it but we do church you Today, I want you to be leaving here thinking the Sabbath is super important, but also I want you to start realizing we need to plan for it. God's people back then had to plan for it, and you, yourself, and me, if we're going to have a Sabbath, if we're going to have a period of time where we come and we find rest, you have to make a plan. You have to look at your calendar every single week and say, this day is going to be a day of rest. And for many of you, it could be Sunday, but like what I said, we are going to be talking about days. Which day, I kid you not, not important. People want to argue that, well, you know, is it Saturday and you get the Seventh-day Adventist people, well, it has to be on Saturday because that's what the Jewish people did. And well, then in the New Testament, then, then you got Constantine in 300 that established it on Sunday. And people want to make such a big deal about what specific day. Don't worry about the specific in the day. I want want us to be planning our weeks and saying, God, I'm going to take a day where I rest. If you work construction, you're not doing construction that day. If you're a professor or you work with your mind, you're turning it off that day. If you're in, in school, you're not studying that day. You're not reviewing that day for stuff coming up. It's a day where you take a break from your work and you seek the Lord. It's a day where we find our delight in Him and we're reminded of who He is and what He has done. And God establishes this rhythm for mankind at creation. He establishes it there, and it's his first commandment to his people. And like what I said, these next few weeks, we're going to be going 
much, much, much deeper here. We're going to be looking at different, different, different Bible verses. But I want you this week to be leaving with the sense of, I need to start thinking about the Sabbath. I need to start thinking about time of rest in my life. Because I know, if you are anything like me or like our culture, it's not a priority. It's not top of the list every week. And like what I said, I find it to be so funny because when you look at the Ten Commandments, right? Like, we know, like, we like look at these things and we're like, okay, like, God, I, I realize I'm not supposed to be having God before you. I'm not supposed to be lying. But when it comes to this fourth commandment, it's like we just don't take it seriously. And I want to encourage you and encourage me that, guys, God has given you this day. The Sabbath is for you. It's not for him. He doesn't need a break. He doesn't need time off here. He gave it and he established it for the benefit of you and for me. And I want us to just start the process of thinking about this. Because I say three weeks, but we might be talking about the Sabbath until June. You know, who knows, right? We have no idea how long. But I do want us to be taking it seriously, to be really contemplating it, to be talking about it with your family members and saying, hey, like, what could this look like in our lives? And I think as we look at Scripture over these next several weeks, we're going to see principles. Not necessarily laws, but principles that you and I can learn to live by and to follow and say, God, I, I want to honor you in this area. I realize I don't. But God, I, I want to make this day about you. So I'm going to ask for you to uh, stand and I'm going to pray for us this morning. Katie, do we have a worship song? Yeah. Katie said, yeah. Is uh, Emmett joining us? No. no, that's too bad. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we look to your word these, these next several weeks and Lord, help us to establish the Sabbath in our lives. Help us to establish a day of rest. And Lord, I pray that over these next several weeks, Lord, that you will help us to get our minds wrapped around it more. Lord, I thank you how you established it from creation into your first commandment to your people in Exodus. Father, help us to be thinking on this, uh, on this topic, on this, on this lifestyle. And Father, I praise you for who you are. God, I thank you that, that you are patient with your people. And Father, we just give you praise now. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.